0: Welcome back again to another episode of Talking Functional Fitness. On this week's episode, we interview coach Tony Atwater. I would normally try to explain to you why I think this is an important episode for people to listen to, and I think this is the most important episode that we've ever done, but I think the way that would I think that would take away from the substance that is the episode of tony atwater so i just urge you to sit back and learn from the episode that is tony atwater you guys ready uh
1: yeah i'm gonna do my best and intro you guys there for this yeah <laughs> hello 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 everybody how is everybody doing tonight How
2: was that? Yeah, that left like. And then she
3: wouldn't leave any time for anyone to respond. Anyway, so so what we're talking about
1: today.
2: And then April would just (laughs) keep laughing, and then I would just laugh the whole entire time. (gasps) So there you go.
1: So, real question How is everybody doing tonight?
2: Real question? (laughs) Real answers, I mean?
1: (laughs) You butter it up. We just did – so for context, we just did yeah. uh, the George Floyd Memorial workout. We literally all just – we, like, ran home. Some of us made food. Some of us made stop-by fast food, no judgment, and hopped in the shower and got on a podcast. So I think we're all looking
2: – I feel like, I feel like I'm going to throw up. That's my feeling. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: <laughs> that, that workout, it was a hard one.
3: That running yeah, in that the, sun. Was
4: hard. Well, the sun. That was hard. Oh, yeah. and- the yeah. sun. The sun.
2: If you find yeah. me absent from the podcast, I had to leave either to take care of some stuff. Cool. Yeah. April, some April stuff. likes yeah. that. April likes that. Hang in there, friend. It's yeah, okay. It. I was so disgusting after that. I feel that's the only thing that's good is like, I'm clean now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I started doing burpees and I couldn't tell where a weird smell was coming from. I don't know if it was the mat or me. It probably me.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm. i telling that? this to everyone. I peed my pants on the first lap.
1: On the so, first lap. On
2: the first lap.
1: So that was fun. Oh, it was definitely you, though. That's I mean, so it good. wasn't like
3: it
2: wasn't like it full on.
1: A, a cushion. Cushion. No.
3: There was like there was like six porta potties we passed. You could have stopped.
1: No. Yeah, what? We're at the first <laughs> lap. What happened?
2: It wasn't what? running down my legs. So it was okay. <laughs>
1: We're going to forego the rest of the conversation. I want to know more about this. How does this happen yeah. <laughs> in the first lap? It's not like you were tired. Because I,
2: I had two children, and I had, and before our pregnancy, I peed my pants constantly when I would laugh. Constantly. Were you terrible. laughing
3: on the first run?
1: Yeah. No, I, but I
2: think I've never – I just have, like, I pee my pants easily. I don't know.
3: And now it's just even worse. I pee my pants when I laugh, so don't make me laugh.
4: I would, yeah, it. I, would,
1: I would look into that for both of you.
4: So let me let me tell you, it's it's so cool to be on this side of this and actually <laughs> seeing all this stuff. <laughs> of course.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of this is probably gonna get. Well, I don't know. I'm editing. I'm probably gonna leave it all in. But yeah, this is why this is why it usually is takes it. us three hours to record a thirty minute podcast most nights. So that's why we know
3: too much about each other. The,
1: Brilliant segue. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Speaking of, of, of the stuff. Oh! oh. <laughs>
3: huh? oh.
2: How was that? Yeah.
1: Eh. Again, welcome our normal ensemble of coaches, April and and of the podcast, and that other male voice that you guys are hearing is the voice of Coach Tony. He's our interview tonight. Oh.
2: Uh, the crowd cheering. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: So for transparency, this was an interview that we were planning on doing at some point in the future anyway, because Tony's a wildly interesting person, and I think that he has an incredibly inspiring story, but due to recent events and the unrest that is going on, we thought that it would be very pertinent and the very least that we can do to invite Tony on to share his experience, not just inside the CrossFit community, but inside the CrossFit community as a black man and also in society as a black man maybe we can learn some things and kind of grow from this is what i think the ultimate goal is for right so we're going to kind of go a little bit out of order for how we do our normal interviews we're going to do the lighthearted stuff first because it's probably going to get a little bit real at the end i'm going to throw it to abe i'm going to let her start off but we're going to do some would you rathers with you tony ready to do this i'm ready i'm ready this and is this
2: it. is like quick draw man right don't think
1: <coughs> this is yeah. where the podcast either comes <laughs> to fruition or is going to be off the rails for the rest of the time so all, right. all right
3: let's break all right. the ice with the fun stuff right. first would you rather would you rather be covered in fur or covered in scales
4: <laughs> oh my god well seeing that we're living in michigan i oh, probably want to be wow. covered in fur and then i can shave myself in the summer let it all go around in the morning.
3: Oh, Critical thinking. Smart.
2: I like it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Would you uh, rather lose the ability to read or lose the ability to speak?
4: Well, you're assuming that I can do both.
2: <laughs> 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 well, if you can only do one, then that's an easy answer. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, I don't read a whole lot anyway, so
1: probably.
2: You talk an awful lot.
1: Yeah, well, books on tape are a thing too. <laughs> you can get around. Oh,
2: that's that. true. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. It's easier to yeah. listen to a book on tape than it is to learn a sign language.
4: So true. Yeah, yeah, I started reading the book, and about five minutes in, man, I'm gone. Dude, Sam, no, I yeah. yeah, I have a hard time reading. <laughs> yeah. uh, or I'm going back and reading
1: reading pages over like. Okay, wait, what did I, what did I just read? Right, right, Yeah, I feel like I'm either a speed reader or I just can't read at all. And when I speed read, I know I miss a you lot of stuff. You don't
2: understand what's going on. Yeah,
1: yeah, I just, just speed read it just to check the box of I read it. All right, Tony, would you rather have all the traffic lights you go through be green or never have to stand in a line again?
4: I, I think I'd rather have them all green. I think that was pretty easy. Because mm. um, I don't like you road
2: rage. Do you
4: road rage? Mm-hmm. You? No, 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 <laughs> no like road rage. I mean, if he I want to, not have...
3: have encountered too many COVID grocery lines.
4: Because yeah. I'm uh, over that. You know, it really hasn't been that bad over here. So oh.
2: I thought, though, like, what if you go to Cedar Point? You are at Woo. the front of the line every time. <sighs>
4: Yeah, you how often do you go to Cedar Point, I
2: though?
1: Don't. <laughs> <laughs> and they make these things called Fast Passes now.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. i so
3: will
1: go to Cedar Point a heck of a lot more often. The there, lines. You there you
3: go.
1: Get more yeah. than three roller coasters than in the entire day. All Would you
3: rather spend the rest of your life living in a sailboat or living in an RV? Oh,
1: um
4: RV. RV. So. And here's why, because I, on one of the podcasts, you guys asked something about what movie when you were young, uh, oh, yeah. must, well, for me, that's Jaws. Oh. So, oh. I, yeah. so I don't, I don't need to be on the water, especially deep water, deep ocean. <laughs>
2: okay. Uh, okay.
4: I just
1: need a bigger boat. That's all. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was with you all on right. most of these questions until I spent. A week in an RV with a toddler to cross no, the yeah. games as fast But
3: would it have better been better in a sailboat? No.
2: Yeah, at least I could have
1: to him the Yeah, put a on him and just see it, but...
2: all right. Would you rather have an easy job working for someone else or work for yourself but work incredibly hard?
4: <laughs> Sorry, I'm well, laughing. <laughs> I, think, I think I would actually prefer the latter. I think i would I would work like to work for myself, and i don 't I don't mind hard work. My father used to say hard work never killed anybody
2: right.
1: So. Right. <clears throat> I appreciate that answer. I like this question for Tony. This is this, I think was <laughs> one of my favorites. Would you rather be forced to dance every time you hear music or be forced to sing along with any song you 've heard? <laughs> I hope he thinks. Oh, I've seen and heard Tony totally do both. <laughs> <laughs> And I suck at both of them.
4: <laughs> you know what? I'd probably sing, because I think I sing better than I thing.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. thank you for your support. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're here to do it's a support of this whole podcast is <laughs> oh,
3: Would you rather your only mode of transportation <laughs> be a donkey or a giraffe? That's easy. And yeah, you know, that's easy. easy. Yeah, it's a
1: donkey. Oh, yeah. Such yeah. a long necked horse, right?
3: Yeah, well, I think I'd rather a donkey. Really?
1: I'd say it
2: would be so cool to be on a giraffe. Like Well, you
4: know, you gotta you got think well, about it, man. They got that long slope back.
2: Yeah, but you can hold on that neck. You
4: could like invest in a saddle.
2: You could like yeah, wrap around that whoa. neck and just take off. You,
4: you, you gotta have a saddle that's like that's like this and it's got the space because you gotta you got all that gap. Somebody's figured it out.
1: There's a giraffe. Saddle. And donkeys are
3: like skilled for travel, so Yeah, but are- donkeys are so slow,
2: slow, and I feel like uh, they're just like dang. Just, like, what's the
1: I'll hurry, man? Me- on the equestrian, okay,
2: Mr. Greenlight. Yeah, he does. He's not a donkey for all no, the green
1: light. No, no, that's not a speed thing, that's just a consistency. Uh,
4: okay. Consistency
1: thing. I think donkeys are, well, I would say donkeys are below camels, unlike oh, the yeah. like four legged travel animal yeah. hierarchy. That yeah, the, At the bottom downward. is like donkey, camel, horse, giraffe. <laughs> I think maybe 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 camel giraffe donkey or sorry sorry camel giraffe horse
3: and did this question come straight out of your mind <laughs> no
2: <laughs> but i wish it did
3: this one i took the next one i talked to my
2: children about so i'm curious on yours would you rather have all dogs try to attack you when they see you or all birds try to attack you when they see you
4: you know what i <laughs> i think dogs because <laughs> Birds, it, it, birds are so
2: I damn, totally quick. agree.
4: Yeah, they're, they're you know, they quick and their straight. reflexes are, I, I could grab a dog by the neck and and yeah. with <laughs> yeah. it. I know, there's just birds
2: everywhere. I feel ah. like birds are just everywhere. Yeah, my kids pick dogs and I was like, what do you, or they pick birds and I was like, oh my god, no. <laughs> you're gonna yeah. die. You
3: put on a helmet. <laughs> oh.
1: Just hold a shield over your head. Yeah. All time. All right. This next one, I got this one. I think I think this is a girl question. I think guys can like have an answer. Either one this is. Pretty one. Quite good. Yeah. Tony, would you rather have to fart loudly every time you have a serious conversation, <laughs> five, 10, 15 minutes from now, or have a <laughs> or have to burp after every kiss? After every what? Kiss. After every. Uh... <laughs> I think I'll take the fart. Yeah. Uh, really? Easy. I easy. think I would uh, take the verb. I already fart during most conversations, <laughs> <Yeah>. serious <laughs> or not.
3: Serious conversations? It would be like at work. You just be farting. Hey, hey,
4: you can, hey, you yeah. can I'm blaming on the chair, you know? Yeah. <laughs> April April will be
2: telling people like their membership and what it costs and then letting them live every time. No one would ever sign up.
1: (laughs) I did it at work today when Abe was there. I did it at work today. You're
3: going to make me pee my pants.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We were returning equipment and I was putting some plates away on the other side of the gym as you. And 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 April farted? No, no. no." (laughs) Abe was on the other side and I smelled no but ape was on the other side and i was like oh ape's not coming over here i'm good dude i'm, I'm good to let loose let's and as soon as it as soon as it happened you turned and started like briskly walking over and i was like feverishly like, like putting waving, waving over I, like, I, I was like i god i to put plate somebody faster so he doesn't yeah. I, so I didn't even this. notice i didn't I notice doors I were open this on a daily basis <laughs> why so I don't think it's a guy question. <laughs> That's funny.
3: <laughs> Last icebreaker: Would you rather be able to teleport anywhere or be able to read minds?
4: I think I want to read minds. Really? Yeah. No, I so. never. Yeah. I don't, don't want to
3: know. I don't <laughs> want to know what people really think of me.
4: Well, well, I I want to know because then I'm, I wanna I, the right. I, really, I, yeah, I, I want to know whether or not I need to fool with them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like it. But you know what? Teleporting would be cool though, man. Right? Like, you can
2: go anywhere you want.
4: Yeah.
1: But like you don't want to wanna go to LA. Bam. Well, usually Bam. the rules of teleporting, I don't want to go all science nerd oh on there, but usually the rules of teleporting did. are only the places you can either see or have been. Those are the rules. That's not, that's not what they did on Star Trek. Oh god. Well but they could see <laughs> it. And they were close enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they were close <laughs> enough where they could get the shit. There ship. are no rules
2: to this question of you have to Sorry, stupid. Then why Marvel. even answer? <laughs> Whatever movie you watch constantly.
1: What did you say it was? Show.
2: I said Star Trek. Star Trek.
1: Yeah, it's called Star Trek.
2: Is that the rules of Star Where are you getting those rules of teleporting if it's not, if Tony just said it was different?
1: There Star- are different rules for different things, but it depends on what you want to follow. X Men has a rule. DC Comics has Anyways. their own rules.
2: Yeah. Nobody cares.
1: Jumper has a.
2: Oh, that's a good movie.
1: That's
4: decent. Hmm. No. What about in Back to the Future though? They couldn't see where they were going. Were they teleporting? Uh,
2: that was, the time it was
1: machine. a time. Tele- yeah, that was time travel. <clears throat> let's, get, mm-hmm.
2: let's get teleporting and time travel correct.
1: But did they teleport to a different location? Because was it three that they were in the Wild West? Yeah. Yes. But
2: they were always in the time machine.
1: Yeah. So and they, and they were they were always in Hill Valley or whatever. Oh, okay. Well that was Hill Valley. That was still okay. So they yeah, that's just yeah. time travel. Because if they had moved, then that's time travel and teleportation. That's a
2: little bit too much to cover. Anywho, let's <laughs> we,
1: we, we got that covered.
2: Let's, yeah. We've lost all our listeners at this point.
1: No, both of you guys come back.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that was the fun stuff. We are gonna now get to know Tony a little bit better. This will still be fun. Uh, isn't it? It'll still be fun. Mm-hmm. That is true. Where were you born? and did you grow up where you were born? Kind of give us a little. So
4: your childhood. I, I was born in Saginaw, Michigan. Sag-Nasty. Mm-hmm. Sag-Nasty, um, Sag-nasty. Sag-nasty. Are you
2: only allowed to call it that if you're from there?
4: Uh, we'll let a few people slide. I've never called Sag-Nasty,
2: it that. I don't know. Yeah, uh, uh,
4: but yeah, so I grew up in Saginaw, went to school there and everything, and then went to Saginaw Valley State on a football scholarship. Mm, I did not know that,
2: that's cool.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I played one year, my heart wasn't in it at all. Didn't didn't even want to play, ended up getting hurt and used that as my excuse to, to stop playing. So I lasted two years there and then I transferred to Southern University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That's where I became a big time geek computer science major. Loved the program, do all that, all that fun stuff. And that was the best three years of my life, man. That was awesome. I had some good times. We call it, we call it on the yard, uh, you know, the yard, It's instead of campus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I had, I had the best time on the yard, man. That was awesome. And I don't know if, you guys are familiar with Southern, but it's a it's a historically black college and university, and the falls on the yard were awesome because uh, football season football is big down in Louisiana down South period actually, and the bands. If you've never seen a yeah. black band perform, man, I'm telling you, it's it is something to see. <laughs> so yeah, so so I went down there, had a great time, and then I, when I graduated. Uh, I moved to Texas and went to work for IBM in, in Dallas, Texas, and was there for six years and got, got let go, got laid off. There was a huge, huge round of layoffs in, at IBM. Up until that point in 94, IBM was one of the few companies that had never laid anybody off, but it finally caught up with them. They laid, I got, I got caught up in the layoffs along with a couple of hundred other folks, decided to move back home. Michigan, and all my friends were like, "Man, where? Why are you going? Why are you going back to or, or, or going back to Michigan?" I was like, uh, ah, you know, my parents are getting up there in age; they were like my age now." <laughs> 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 and, uh, and I like, go up there and hang out with them, you know. And I said, "You know, just give me two years; I'll be back." You know, yeah. twenty-six years later. <laughs>
1: you're,
4: got you're, stuck. You got stuck.
1: What what drove you to Louisiana in the first place? Why do you pick Baton Rouge or Bernie else? So my mother, my mother was Creole, and
4: okay. I've got a ton of family down there. And so I just used to spend all my summers down there as a kid. Love Louisiana. You know, I talked to her about getting out of Michigan. You know, there, I just, I wasn't feeling it, you know, that, that this is where I, I needed to be. I wanted to kind of go out and explore other areas. And she said, well, why don't you go to Southern? I was like, oh, okay. So I looked into it. I looked into the computer science program. I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. I could, you know, they, their graduation rate was, was pretty high. Their program was ranked one of the best in the, in the state of Louisiana. Oh, okay, let's do it. So I did it. Loved every minute of it. And uh, yeah. and then I got to see all my family, my cousins and aunts and uncles and everybody was there. It was, it was awesome. It was like a family reunion every day. Lots of, That's lots awesome. of, lots of good food. That's so
2: awesome. did you live on campus or did you live with family?
4: <laughs> so I lived on campus one semester. I got into a fist fight with my roommate. Ooh. <laughs> college roommates
2: yeah. are hard. They
4: are. Yeah, tell. yeah. Yeah. It was over something really stupid, too. And well, are you going to
2: tell us what it was over?
4: He brushed his Girl. teeth too loudly. Oh. <laughs> 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 I said, it was so, you know, I'm trying to sleep and all I can hear is this. <laughs> like, like, That's okay.
1: the most college fight topic <laughs> I've ever heard in my entire life.
3: Perfect.
1: <laughs> it was uh, very, very stupid. But,
4: awesome. but after that, I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. So I, I, stayed, I stayed one semester with an aunt, and then the one semester on campus, and after that, I had an apartment. It was a good time. I'm telling you. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I still go back to Baton Rouge every now and then. I still have family there. And uh, I go back every now and then, and I'll hang out and get some, some good food. See the theme here. Louisiana. Food. Yeah, yeah. Those are kind I, like of it. I like it. Yep.
3: So moving on, what did you enjoy most about your childhood?
4: Uh, so many things. I had I had a bunch of friends, man, that, that in the neighborhood that we all would just go play a pickup game of basketball or we get enough folks. We we did some crazy dangerous stuff too, man. That was there's a, a highway that runs right alongside the house that that I grew up in. And there's a median. There's a median in between, you know, both directions. We would go into the median and we would play football with, with all this traffic <laughs> going back and forth. Oh, yeah, we, we were crazy. And even crazier than that, there's a big, there was a big hill about a quarter of a mile from the house. There's was a big hill that emptied out onto the highway. In the winter, that was our sledding hill. So we'd have a lookout down at the bottom. <laughs> and when they see if any us cars see were coming clear, yep, yeah, see if any cars are coming.
2: Oh my we god,
4: clear! Then we sled down. Yeah, yeah, we did some crazy stuff. We did some real Just, crazy stuff.
1: I'm so happy you made it this far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky, <laughs> yeah,
4: right? So,
2: you are big into CrossFit. How did you get started? or when did you start CrossFit, I guess, and how, how did you get into it?
4: Yeah, so I got to go back a few years. In 2012, my father died unexpectedly. You know, we, were, we were all up in Saginaw one day, and everything was great. Everybody was there, all of his grandkids, you know, me and my kids, and all my brothers, we were all there having a great time. Came back that night, and uh, I got a call at 1 a.m. that my father had passed. So I yeah. headed back up to Saginaw, and so that that really that really messed with me, and and it really drove me to a, a dark a dark place, and it was dark enough that I, I just I didn't care about anything anymore. I was I ballooned up to like three hundred and twenty two pounds or something like that, and uh, I went in in two thousand fourteen, I believe. Yeah, 2014, I went to the doctor for a physical. And my doctor looked me square in the face, and he said, Tony, if you don't get your shit together, some of the guy is going to be raising your kids. And I looked at him, and I said, bullshit. Nobody else is raising my kids. And he says, well, you better, you better do something about your weight. And all my, all my numbers were high. I was already on high blood pressure medication. I was on a daily gout medication and I was also on an antidepressant, all three. And so after that that whole conversation, I went and got this book, uh, Body for Life. I think it's Bill Phillips, I think is the author. And I, I put a plan together based on what he what he had in that book. It was and it was it was there was he had like physical things you can do to to work out and all that kind of stuff. And but his focus in the book was more on the mental aspect, you know, really trying to uh, change your mindset about exercise and nutrition. and everything. So, so I followed his book to a T and then I, I, I dropped, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 pounds or something like that uh, with one of his challenges. I was at one of our local global gyms and i was talking with one of the trainers there and they were they were doing this thing this uh i forget what they call it like a 60 day challenge or something like that and they had they had this one this one class uh I, I forget what it was called but it was it was it wasn't like a crossfit class it was just more of a fitness thing and so i tried it and the 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 trainer the coach was like you know You really ought to try this alpha class over here. And I looked at what they were doing and I said, There's no way in hell I can do that. Have you seen me? And and she was like, No, you can do it. You can do it. And so uh, that's where I I, I connected with Greg Hill. And so that was around 2000, um, that was around August of 2014 and uh i went over and i tried the alpha class with Greg hill and i got hooked immediately and i did the um oh god i can't remember what the name of these challenges are but they they had like their own little competition i forget what they're called but uh greg asked me if i would represent lifetime in the regionals uh oh, yeah. well, i wish i wish I, I i can't remember what it's called but but anyway, so I did it, and so I went out to Shelby Township, did it, and and uh, uh, when I got there, I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, "Well, what are the what are the movements?" And, <laughs> and the first one, the first one was a one rep max thruster, and I said, "What's a thruster?" Oh, oh boy.
2: that's <laughs> awesome. But, uh...
4: So. So I don't know if you guys noticed, but my my right bicep is I've got that like the little Popeye arm. Yeah. yeah. Because on that one rep thruster, I tore my bicep. Point off the
2: ground,
4: yeah. Yeah, I tore it right out right out of my shoulder. Ow! And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh it, it was pretty nasty. But I still oh, won. I love the story, yeah. <laughs> I won. Uh. <laughs> With a crazy bicep and all. And so that was just like
3: uh. Well, damn, you know what, What I mean, was the I, weight? What was the
4: weight? So it was 175.
3: Wow. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Having not even five. known what a thruster was. Beautiful. Not even knowing what a thruster
4: was. I'm sure my front rack looked horrible. I'm sure everything <laughs> just looked. Yeah, it was, it was.
3: Standing yeah. <clears> bench <throat> press. I know that.
4: Yeah, that's the big <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, so I went through that whole surgery and healing process. Greg, I was actually ready to give up at that point. But Greg said, you know, the beautiful thing about Alpha is that we can modify these movements so that you can keep going. And so he he would modify all the workouts. I'm in a sling and he would <laughs> modify the workouts so that I could still keep going. And and it was that, that kind of like fueled the fire like wow this is this is cool you can do so many different things and and i'm still coming out of there sweating like a pig and i hadn't even hurt myself anymore and then flash forward to july 2015 um i heard about this guy charlie rydell that was opening up some crossfit gym in and hills and my friend friend was like hey you ought to come he's having a soft opening and i was like what's a soft opening <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call it in the business. You don't know exactly. You
1: just have to open the doors and figure it out. That's a soft opening.
4: Yeah. So so anyway, I went. I, I loved it, and I was like, this is really cool. It was a, that was my first first time ever setting foot in a CrossFit gym was July 2015. Oh. Yeah. Huh? And I was just kind of hooked from there. I just loved it. Just fell yeah. in love with it. Started following the games. <laughs> I remember in January 2015, Greg was coming in into the alpha workouts like hey guys 15.1 is coming out or 15.2 and i was like yeah. what the hell is that that's <laughs> <laughs> funny so so then after that you know things just kind of progressed from there i started noticing that you no know, I'm, I'm doing okay in this for an old guy and then i kind of thought maybe this is something i i really want to do so i i made an investment in something that into a, another gym didn't quite work out, but but eventually worked my way back to CrossFit
1: Frostbite. and Yay. Here I am.
3: Happy to have you.
1: This is where I actually, so my first knowing of Tony was actually from the bicep tear. So this was when I was living in North Carolina, and Greg Hill a huge influence on me. He actually officiated a wedding, so Greg and I have been pretty close. I remember coming coming back and forth had my then girlfriend rachel was in alpha classes as well and i remember seeing greg and he was like hey i see that guy right there and he told me about the thruster and told me about how you tore your biceps I was like this dude's a bad motherfucker man i like, this guys awesome so that was the first time i i don't even think i actually got to meet you but i think mean, you may have either been in a class or i saw you doing something i was like hey, that's awesome <laughs> i remember when you first showed up to Prospect when they first opened and I, I that was we actually shot our first like promo video which you're in it's oh, still yep, somewhere yep. on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I think it's on our YouTube channel. I was, I was so stoked that you were there. Uh, nearly as stoked as when you came back. So yeah, that was my experience. Uh, but no for the man. first time,
2: that's cool.
4: I should have never left.
1: Uh, you wouldn't have the experiences you had now. This is true. This is true. This is true. Be a different me tone. We love you the way you are. No, Aww. thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Love you guys too.
2: <laughs> virtual
3: hugs.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a button for that, I think.
3: Hold on. Alrighty, So we're going to take a little bit of a turn here, but you mentioned a little bit in your story about how you got really into CrossFit and you did have some experience with CrossFit games and just getting into that and excited about those things. So with all of that, taking all of that into account, do you think that African-Americans are well represented in CrossFit?
4: I don't think that we are represented as well as we should be. As well as I'd like, as well as I'd like for us to be. When I've gone to the games out in Madison and then the one year out in Carson, the number of African-Americans that I saw out in the, in the stands that were, that were uh, uh, viewing the games, it, it, was, it was more than I, than I thought I'd see, but still not, not nearly what, what I think it should be. And I, I'm not sure why the participation in CrossFit by African-Americans is, is as low as it is. I'd, I'd really like to know but you know I'm, i know a lot of times when i mention you know that i do crossFit to you know some of my brothers and sisters you know they're like ooh CrossFit that's crazy you know i just want to, i just want to get toned you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, oh, and so you 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 spend a lot of time you know defending it and trying to try and say you know what just try it out just try it out you know right and, and and I tell them my experience and I'm showing them before and after pictures and all that and and this is because of CrossFit, right? Right. It's 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 disappointing that there aren't a lot of of African Americans when I go to these competitions locally. You know, you there's probably less than, you know, less than 5 at at these competitions and two maybe three are in the competition. You know, so but I just, I, I can't, I can't quite put my finger on, on, you know, what the,
3: disparity why, why, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I'd love to see more. And maybe, you know, maybe it's just that we need more faces, you know, on the, on the field. Yeah. And, right. um, you know, I, I, I remember when, <laughs> when I went in to regionals in 2016, I had never heard of Elizabeth Aikenwali. And I I watched her and I was like, holy crap, this is real uh-huh. bad. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And and it was from that moment I just I started I started following her. And her, you know, her gym is geared towards African Americans. Um and she'll she'll say it, she'll come out and say, you know, look, we're we're an African American based gym, but we accept everybody. And she does, and she's got a very diverse membership base. And and so I like watching her videos because I see a lot more people in there that look like me. You know, not that I don't like watching you know everybody else, but it's right. it's it's really refreshing to see uh, to see African Americans getting in there and embracing embracing CrossFit because it gives me hope that well you know what maybe maybe the numbers will grow. I'd love yeah. to see numbers. Headquarters CrossFit headquarters must have some kind of stats on that, like
1: how many total I I would think I don't know they're not asking me for at least
3: games games level you'd think
1: right yeah games games level I can think of maybe three males and two women that I can think of off the top of my head my entire time I mean that's not regional but that's like games (laughs) level athletes out of typically on any given year 40 but I mean yeah I think the most matter of most women we've ever had in any given year is One or two, and and that's like total on eighty.
4: Yeah, you know, and and I think it's. I I just had this thought while you were talking, Charlie. I think another another thing that may deter um, African Americans from um, from joining, and I I hope I don't piss anybody off when I say this, but I think that they may look at the monthly membership fee, and say, you know, that's that's just too damn steep. You know, I can go to Planet Fitness. I can spend 10 bucks, you know, why, why should I come here and spend a hundred and I've had that conversation with folks and I've tried to explain to them that, well, look, when you go to Planet Fitness, Hey, you go there and you don't have a plan. You don't know what you're going to do. You are just going to go there, show up and just, and you're going to hop on the treadmill for a little bit with CrossFit. You just show up and the workouts are programmed for you. You've got personal coaching, you know, and and uh, and then you have got this community base that that uh, that that's really big in, in CrossFit. And then they, well, I can get a personal trainer. Like okay, well, personal trainer runs you what probably ninety bucks a session, eighty ninety bucks a session. You're gonna go two two sessions a week. Okay, yeah. so it's eight sessions a month. All right? <laughs> you're you're already you know, you're, you're way over. You know. But but you know a lot of folks that I've talked to don't don't see it that way, you know, yeah. and, but but I, I do think that that might have that might have something to do with with why this low. is low. You know, maybe. I don't know.
1: No, I think it's a good insight. I mean, we, we've talked to we've talked about it before as coaches. I don't think this is any secret. So, yeah, we opened up in July of 2015 and the majority of our membership was white at that point. If you look at the difference, I mean, not even just majority, it was darn it near all. And to look at our gym then versus now, our gym is hovering around with the 40% Indian community. And I think one of the biggest changes was we had, it was January of that year, where there was a handful of people from the Indian community came. And they were there for a little bit. And then a couple more people came. And they were like, hey, there's other people that are like me that are doing this. And then more people came. And it's kind of just kind of stacked on top there why that hasn't translated into the black community i can't speak to it i don't know but but there definitely is something to say to you know i don't see people you know that's that's why i look at cricket i think i would like cricket but i don't see anybody like me playing cricket so i don't go play cricket like it's
3: Word of mouth and representation is huge. Yeah, it yeah. makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah and
2: we kind of, jumping to the questions again, you kind of touched on what you feel is needed to further der- uh, diversify, <laughs> <laughs> diversify further right. diversify the sport. <laughs> diversify the sport. Seeing people, do you I know you're struggling like what, what is it? Do you have any other thoughts about what, what is needed to further diversify? Is it that seeing getting people I, that you've like you said, that are, are like you.
4: Yeah, I, I <laughs> think it is. I, I think it might be just a slow build and getting people in or, so that they see like, oh, hey, you know, such and such is doing that. I, I can do that as well. You know, I, I, and, and I think that, I think a lot of folks are, uh, folks, period, black, white, whoever, I think they're scared, they're intimidated. Oh, intimidated by CrossFit. You know, you walk in there and you got all these, you know, all these shirtless bodies and, you know, and they're throwing all this weight around and slamming. And, and when you, when you, when you first see it, I mean, that was my reaction. When I saw, you know, these folks in Alpha, I was like, I can't do that shit. You know, I, there's no way I can do that. But it's going to take somebody, I think, like me, you know, and a couple other folks in the gym, a couple other, a couple other brothers and, and try to, try to, Just convince people, you know what, just try it. Just try it. Give it a shot, you'll like it. I I promise you, you won't get hurt. I promise you, you won't end up looking like the Incredible Hulk, you know? (laughs) And you're really gonna come across some great people. Some some really great people and everybody, this is one of the things that I really love about CrossFit. Nobody, Nobody gives a shit what you're doing, right? They really don't. We're all there for the same reason. We're all trying to we're all trying to look good naked, you know. I don't think any of us I don't think any of us are aspiring to get to the games, you know. And at least not as a uh, not as a competitor, but maybe as a spectator. Right. And uh, I think if if we could just if we could just get people in there, and and then they have that first experience, has to be good. It has to be great. Yeah. And because that's what's gonna that's what's gonna pull them back in. That's what happened with me. That very first experience. <laughs> yeah, I I, re, I remember uh, uh, the very first very first day was overhead squats. You know, with with Greg and I watched uh, I watched a couple other people in class warming up with just the bar and everything. And I was like, that's all they're doing is the bar. Oh man, I like that. man, I put that bar over my head <laughs> and I tried. to... I, try, I couldn't go down but maybe two inches yeah <laughs> and I was like okay so so that was the the challenge was on at that point it's like okay I've got to get better at this because I'm not gonna let this little barbell defeat me right. you know I'm sticking plates under my feet and everything
1: <laughs> finding expensive shoes yeah oh yeah yeah,
4: yeah. yeah
1: that's, anything get better that's
4: old, man. yeah so but I think I think just trying if, if we can get them, if we can get them in there, coach them along, you know, spoon feed them. uh, And this is anybody, but, but specifically, you know, the the brothers and sisters and get them in there and, and and instill some confidence in them that they can do this, you know, and it's, it really really is a good thing. You're going to be all right. You know, The, the membership, Base may grow. Yeah,
1: that's my thoughts. I don't know. That's that, That's why we asked you. All right. So we're gonna take a pretty good pivot into a little bit more topical stuff as far as what's going on in our culture right now. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if we set it off the top. I'm looking at our outline right now, and the uh, name of this <laughs> subject matter is guess what? Tony's black. <laughs> that's really? part three of our. <laughs> that's what that's, that's what I've, I've been told.
4: Really?
2: I just work. noticed that.
1: Man, you wrote it. I didn't know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, following the death of George Floyd and everything that's been going on in America for the past two weeks and around the world, we're mm-hmm. one of, if not the biggest civil rights movement of our generation or the entire, or everybody's generation. Given the recent racial injustice taking place in our country, how are you feeling?
4: Um so I, I I go back and forth um, some days some days i I feel pretty angry about the whole thing some days I feel pretty sad you know when I look at uh, when I think about what that family must be going through um, it's it, 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 it just blows my mind I can't imagine having to go through that to 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 die in such a violent way for uh, and 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 die at the hands of people that were sworn to protect and serve, it angers me because you know we've been screaming we've been screaming this this whole you know about about uh, social injustice and and police brutality for years years. I mean, obviously George Floyd isn't the first. Uh, that, that has died unnecessarily at the hands of the law, so it it, it angers me because we 're still going through that and and I remember hearing stories about this when I was a kid you know i 'm fifty four years old now, and i 'm still hearing the same story so so nothing has changed right and and that's that that angers me, it disappoints me i don 't like i don 't like the violence. That, that I have seen, that seems to be settling down a little bit maybe, but but there's still, there's still you know a little bit of that out there in terms of the, the protest, the, the violent protest, the riots and all that. I don't really, I don't think that's gonna solve anything, but I understand. I, I understand why black mm-hmm. folks are angry. I understand, I, I feel their pain, I feel their frustration. I, I'd wanna lash out too, you know, but, Again, it goes back to making decisions with your mind, not necessarily with your heart mm-hmm. and you know there's there's a lot of emotion that is driving uh driving uh african americans to to do the things that they've been doing i mean they're they're pissed we we are pissed we are pissed and and we don't know we don't know how else to we don't know how else to say it to be heard right because when we when we've done it silently, then you know we get called all kinds of names, and we're like, right. well, you're "Not doing it right." You know, so when we yell and scream, well, why are you yelling and screaming? Why, why you know, why yeah. can't we do this peacefully? You know, right? And then when to- we when we when it gets when it gets too crazy, and you get violent, and 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 you know, the looting and all that stuff, then we're thugs. So what the hell do we do? How do we do it? Right. The only way that we can do it is for our white brothers and sisters to come help us. Right. And that's one of the things that, that really pisses me off when people, you know, when, when you yell black lives matter, you know, they're like, well, all lives matter, blue lives. matter. Mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, yeah, yeah. You know, we're, we're not saying that they don't. You know, what we're doing is we're saying that, you know what, we, we need your help. We need your help to try to end this racism and these injustices. Uh, one of the best analogies that that I've read over the over the the recent weeks in regards to the whole Black Lives Matter thing is, you know, if you've got like a neighborhood of houses, right, and and one of the houses is on fire, saying all lives matter is like telling the fire department to go and just hose down all the houses, right, right, and not right. just the, not the one that's. That's the one that needs the. That's
2: crying out that no Yeah,
4: Exactly. So, so all the houses matter. All the lives matter. Yeah, we, we get that. We're not saying that they don't. We're just saying, hey, help us because we're the
1: ones that are in need right now. You know, you yeah, guys, I think that's. Yeah, I think that's the big miscommunication between people. On, it unfortunately it's people on one side. Same Black Lives Matter, and then the All Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter kind of seems to be the same crowd. And I probably, and I believe that I'm probably somebody that maybe at one point I probably could have said Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter in the same tweet years ago. I knew I was somebody who I, I said to, thankfully, somebody else about the Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. I was that person who said, Why doesn't he just do it somewhere else? Why doesn't he just do it in a press conference or why doesn't he just do a social media post? not understanding that this is the biggest platform that he has it's Sunday game day national anthem he does not believe you know and being a person of privilege white person you guys know that white person okay what that's what Charlie's white but being but being a person uh being a white person ignorant to those issues and I can Like, I honestly thought that it was uh, a a very valid thing. Like, yeah, Black Lives Matter, and so do police lives, and so does everybody's life. But what it does is it dilutes the conversation, and it's not the same. That's not, that's nobody, I don't think anybody at this point has said, no, not Black Lives Matter, or no, not all lives matter, or not blue lives matter. But what I'm saying, yes, Black Lives Matter, it's because there is an imbalance. There Mm -hmm. is things are not the same on this side of the scale as the scale you can't just say oh yeah but I see the scale like no like this side is this side is definitely treated differently and thankfully now we have we have everybody has a camera on them and that's what mm-hmm. that, that's really what's changed everything like you said like you've been hearing these stories for the past 54 years I think how many stories we haven't heard because oh, know. people just weren't there or they weren't documented correctly <laughs> or they happened away from camera or whatever and now this is what's this is what's changing everything is documentation somebody can be standing thankfully there was people on the side of the road that were standing there taking video evidence of it and got the whole thing to where you can't refute that right I don't think there's I don't think anybody with a saint head on their shoulder saying that wasn't murder right and yeah and that's that's that that's all people are asking for is like on one side of the scale, when somebody murders, this is how they get treated. While on the other side of the scale, when a cop murders somebody, let's treat that equally because it keeps happening. And those cops aren't being treated equally; they're they're being fired, they're going to a different station, and they're just it's happening again.
4: Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, you can. There's there's so many there's so many instances where you you've got. Uh, a, a great disparity between how folks are treated, how white folks are treated versus how black folks are treated. I mean, even if you look at um, the recently, the the folks that uh, that went to Lansing with their AK forty seven, right, and, and the rebel flags, and you know, and they're all in the they're all there's a, there's a photo I saw of some some guy you know yelling at one of the state patrolmen, right. and and I'm looking at that, and I'm going, man. And they're,
1: man, and, and they're, and they're, away, they're feet away. away from Congress people. They're feet yeah. away from the governor. They're
4: feet away from Congress people. And and they're and they're packing. They're packing. And I was like, there is no way in hell that if you had a group of black folks up there with guns, no they, way. They no they would have been they would have been shot down before they hit, hit the steps. Yeah, I'm saying uh, that. So. So that 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 kind of stuff is just that's disturbing, man. And and quite frankly, it it scares me that I'm raising I'm raising my son. You know, it's like, oh man, I gotta I gotta make you aware of all these things. You know, we we were talking on the way to the workout today. We were talking, I said, Anthony, you know, some of the things that that uh that you're going to need to learn, you know, and I'm going to pound this into you for years now. It's like, you know, when you start driving, he's got a long ways to go. before He starts driving. But when you start driving and if you get pulled over, make sure you keep both hands on the wheel all the time. Make sure you're very disrespectful. i mean, very disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> very respectful, <laughs> very respectful to the officer, you know, no sudden movements. Yes, sir. No, sir. But make sure your hand, the big thing, make sure your hands are where they can see them at all times. You know, that that kind of stuff. I And how many white
2: like I, how many white fathers are telling that to their white kids? Probably none.
4: Probably none. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it. Uh you know, when 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 white folks see a cop behind them, all they're worried about is oh shit, I'm about to get a ticket. But when I see a cop behind me, I'm like, oh, okay, I better call somebody, let them know <laughs> what's yeah. going on and where I'm at. And I, I've been I've been pulled over a couple times uh for driving while black. And it's it's not fun. It's it's not fun at all, man. And and it's uh it's scary. It's scary because you know it's like what 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 about what did I do? What did I do? One time I was in college and me and a couple of buddies. We were driving around Baton Rouge. We were looking for this party, and we were lost. I, I wish we kind of had GPS back then. And maybe maybe that would have helped us. But all of a sudden, I get lit up. And so I, you know, do what my father taught me. Hands on the wheel. That's yes, opposite. What can I do for you? And he said, well, we got a report of, of four black men and a stolen car that fits your description, a stolen white car that fits your description. I said, well... All right, my car's not white, and uh, yeah, you got four black men, but but we were just we weren't speeding or anything like that. And he says, "Well, we just need to check you out, we need to check you out." My buddy in the back seat was just going ballistic, and and he was just like, "What the hell? Y'all just pulling us over because we're black?" And I'm like, "Dude, chill. I don't want to get shot down here in Baton Rouge, man. <laughs> you know." But you know, eventually, they, I mean, they held us for about thirty minutes or so. And couldn't find anything, and and eventually let us go, and you know, and I just, I, I just kind of sat there like we didn't even do anything, man. That was my first experience with we didn't even do anything, and and, and here we are getting harassed by these guys, you know, and uh, so yeah, that that was the, the other time I was coming from East Lansing, and I was driving a van, and and I got pulled over because they wanted to see what was in the van you know, and there was nothing in there. It was just, it was just a van, you know, but there's but a black man driving the van on the highway. Let's pull him over. Let's mess with him, you know? So they held me for a little bit and then they ended up letting me go as well. So, but yeah, it's, it, <laughs> there's, there was a time out when I was living in Texas. I'm sorry, I'm just kind of, I'm thinking of things as I'm talking.
2: That's fine, that's fine, that's what we want. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: was, I was living in Texas and I was driving, I was driving back to Saginaw to see my folks. And I had a truck and I was having, I, I was having some some issues with the, with the the hood deflector is like a, I don't, I don't even know what the thing it's called, but it was this thing that was attached to my hood to kind of, you know, deflect the wind or something, mm-hmm. I don't know, help increase gas mileage, whatever. But anyway, it was, it was, it was, um, I was having some issues with it. So I said, you know, I was in. Uh, some part of Arkansas. And so I said, well, let me pull over at the station, at a gas station, and I'll see if I can, i see if, you know, they'll, I just needed a screwdriver, you know, and it'd take me two minutes. I'd unscrew it, throw it in the back of the truck, and be on my way. And this dude, I I, I don't know. I, I, talk, talk about making a bad decision. This guy had a problem with me the moment I stepped out the car. Is this know. a cop? No, no. This is the 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 gas station owner or whatever, okay, and, got it. or the guy that worked. I don't know. But I asked him. I said, I said, excuse me, sir. You know, I'm having a little issue with this. Do you have a a Phillips screwdriver I can use just for a couple of minutes? To unscrew this. This dude lit into me and told me, Hell no! I'm not giving you none of my. None of my screwdrivers, because you're gonna keep it and you're not gonna get it back, and, and and I need my tools and all this. And I said, okay, I, I just wanted to know if I can use. No, no, nope, nope, you can't use it. Get the hell out of here and all. Okay, all right. You know, I I think if i had looked like Charlie, the dude would have been like, sure, no problem. Here you go, buddy. You know, yeah. So it, it's it's stuff like that, and and you know, the, you guys see, I should have used better judgment. Because I always say to people, especially when you're driving out of town and you're going somewhere, the young folks, I say, look, wherever you stop, make sure it's a, it's like a, like a major area. If you need to stop for gas or whatever, make sure you're, it's, you know, there's a whole bunch of like stores of like around or everything. Yeah. 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 And, and I didn't do that. You know, I just pulled over at any, any, you know, any side street gas station to stop and. That was not smart. That was not smart, right. you know. Right, so, but, but you guys will never know what that's like, you know. Right, so and that's
2: sad that yeah. you had to tell you like, oh, I blame myself, like, for stopping at a gas station, like.
4: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is this is one of the, this again. This is the thing. This is some of the things that kind of changed my perspective on things. I was given never considered myself a racist, so I don't think I am. But telling of different stories of different people's experiences can change the way that you see the world for the way that it is. I mean, Ape or Ann, do you guys have any stories that resemble any of Tony's? No. I mean, Tony's stories that span as far north and as south across the US and involve cops, or don't, or just general public. Because no. every single black person I've talked to, male or female, has, has at least, and I don't think I've ever met a black person with one story. It's always multiple stories. And it has to have those conversations from their parents, with their kids, with their friends, of you know, have common sense and stop in a well, highly populated, populated. area.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yeah. These these are things that I've honestly never, I mean, other than thinking, of, oh my gosh, what's that movie in West Virginia? Uh, you have Pretty Mouth. Uh, other than thinking, I'll oh, cut this out. You know what I'm thinking. I think? <laughs> I will think about it as soon as this is over. And I'll put it in there. Um, but yeah, this, but that's something that we never, ever have to think about. And that's just where the experience of black person to white person or any other, you know, yeah, especially the white person starts is just that basic life encounters. Well, and you know what's
4: sad, Charlie? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But what's sad about it is that the stuff that I shared with you is minor. Right. Yeah. That's minor. I mean, y- if you go, if you go talk to a bunch of friends that I grew up with, the stories that they could tell you would just would blow you away. You know, they blow me away. You know, and I'm just like, I'm, I am blessed. I'm fortunate that I haven't had, you know, some of those experiences. And and, and I hope and pray that my son never has to has to deal with that. You
3: know, the first, uh, the first. Real like eye opener that I ever had was Sherrick and I were probably so my husband is black, but when we Guess were what? dating,
2: April's husband's black. <laughs> <laughs> say
3: um, when we, were,
2: we might have even been engaged,
3: but we weren't married yet, so we didn't share the same last name on our IDs. But he was driving my car, and we were like on a road trip out state or somewhere out of our own town. And he was, I was asleep in the passenger seat because it was like a road trip. And he was getting pulled over, I don't think, for anything. I think if I remember correctly, it was just, you know. For Driving while black. Yes. So, yeah. and he freaked out and panicked. And I, like, it scared me out of my sleep because I was asleep. But, like, after everything luckily went okay and I was awake when the police officers came. But it just was so eye-opening to me how he perceived what the situation could be. If a police officer came up to him, a black man driving my car while I was asleep or, I mean, he thought that the it could have been perceived as like passed out, um, knocked out, whatever, in the passenger seat. And I just like that. I mean, he was my fiance or whatever, but like that thought had never even crossed my mind. Like I, I didn't see anything in that story that could be wrong but it's crazy how that experience is so different
4: so i've got to ask did the cop reach out to you and go ma'am are you doing all right
3: (laughs) i do think that they addressed me but i i luckily was like he had gotten me awake before the cop came to the car so i was like awake and alert i was honestly scared by how like you know shaken he was about me possibly being asleep but Yeah. uh, yeah it's just such a weird that, that hearing the experiences really helps put things into perspective when you haven't personally experienced them.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, tough. My, my My uncle, my uncle used to say, say, man, you wake up, you're black. You go to work, you're black. Go to bed, black. It's hard
1: being black.
4: <laughs> it's just always black. Yeah." <laughs> yeah.
1: And I think I think one of the one of the kind of the rebuttals to this would be, well, not all cops are bad, right? I mean and that's and again, I think that anybody with a solid head on their shoulders can agree with that. And not all Mm -hmm. cops are bad. It's a few bad apples is also the rebuttal to it. But the problem with a few bad apples is if we have a few bad apples and the good apples aren't doing anything and they're also benefiting from the same system that the bad apples are it's not an apple's problem, it's an orchard problem. Yeah. The, the orchard is putting out that many bad apples, and the bad apples aren't just making people sick, they're killing them, and not just killing them, killing them based off of race, for doing nothing. Something needs to change with the orchard. Yeah,
4: absolutely, absolutely. you know and and then you know with, with that with that orchard, I mean when we get pulled over, we never know what kind of apple we're going to get. right <laughs> right. right. Okay, no? sure. so um, someone compared
2: yeah. it to like a pilot. Like if you had a few bad Apple pilots, like yeah. you Chris would, Rock. you would change some <laughs> pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> right.
4: Yeah. Right. I think it was it was Chris Rock that said that there are some jobs that you can't you can't
3: have bad have. apples.
4: You can't have bad apples. Pilot is one of them. He doesn't crash. He doesn't crash planes all
1: the time.
2: (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: Just wants a plane for black people. Right.
3: (laughs) All right. So, with I think Charlie mentioned a lot of a lot of things are happening in social media, and there's a lot of awareness going on. And people are coming out and sharing their stance on this important matter and trying to do what they can to support and help. One thing that in our community that has been brought up lately is CrossFit headquarters not yet speaking up. So we just wanted to ask you how like that impacts you or how you feel about that as a strong CrossFit supporter.
4: So uh, it's, it's disappointing because you think about all the other major sports that have issued statements and and, and um, have voiced their their stance on uh, on this situation. And you know, CrossFit is a sport that I love. You, you kind of hope that, that they would issue a statement. I guess they have now, but I haven't I haven't looked at it and I've seen it. But but uh, took twelve the, the, Yeah, the question is is why did it take so long? You know, and, and did, they, did they succumb to the pressure of so many people asking, asking for it? Or is it, is it genuine? Is it coming from the heart? So, yeah, it's, it's disappointing. And uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, they will take a more active role and, and have a more active voice uh, in this situation. And, and that, um, you know, I've, I've, I've always kind of thought that uh, one of the major focuses of HQ is the dollar. You know, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I, still, I still think that you know, that, that's a motivator, and they're in business to make money. I, I, I get that, but there's, a, there's such a human element to everything that's happening right now that you kind of have to, in, in my mind, you kind of have to look at, you know what, let's just, uh, let's do the right thing. Let's make sure that we acknowledge the situation. Let's see what we can do as a company to uh, affect change and, and, and maybe get some legislation going to, to help uh, to help resolve this issue you
1: know, so well um, I mean I've heard that argument of it being a business and even as a business owner I've talked with these guys about it is you know it, is how will it affect the business on what we do or don't say and maybe I'm maybe but I have to believe that there is a majority however much of it is silent it is on the right side of history and believes that this stuff is wrong. What's going on is wrong and things need to change. So putting mm-hmm. yourself out there puts you in the majority and not the minority because what the feeling of being silent does just by de facto is it saying nothing is is almost as bad as being on the bad side. And at mm-hmm. least, if it doesn't, don't align yourself anywhere. People are going to assume the worst. because You just want to be silent about it. So really, if it's a business decision, you would still think the best thing to do for the dollar is to put something out there. You would think. Right? Would think. I mean, at yeah. least you're aligning yourself well, with what is universally revered as as a good cause. And the people that you're going to lose who don't see it, either you just communicated your cause poorly or the people you don't really want associated with you anyway.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. and And CrossFit, yeah, they're in it for the money. But... They promote community. That is like the yes. big thing of CrossFit and what attracts people is the community aspect. Yes. And you're leaving out a huge community yeah. by not yeah. addressing it. Sad.
4: Yep. Yeah. yeah, very.
2: All right. So in your opinion, what is the best way for, I don't even want to say a non-person of color, maybe a non-black person because it, this is a black issue. There are people of color all over the United States, but we're right now we're focusing on
1: <laughs> part, <'cause> what <laughs> part part seven. Not everybody's white.
2: Not everybody's white or black. Or black. There are other people of color. So what we're is doing a
1: lot of learning today?
2: What is the best way for non-African Americans to help and support this cause and what what is all going on?
4: Yeah. So so first of all, you know, yeah, it is it is a it is. Black thing, but it's also—I mean, my 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 Latino brothers and sisters are—you know—they experience it as well, and 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 I know some of the um, some of our Asian brothers and sisters also also experience this. It's you know, it's it, I, I think you are right at first. It's persons of color, you know, but right now it's it's uh, it's affecting the, the black the black community, community. yeah. But, but the 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 thing that that I think that that folks can do is. Is, is what we're doing right now. Let's have some dialogue about it. Let's talk candidly about it and how we feel. And you know, acknowledge first of all, acknowledge that there is a problem. And uh, I think I think a lot of people still, uh, maybe not a lot, but but there's people that still don't feel or don't recognize that there's an issue, or they see they're they're looking at the wrong thing. They're looking at at the the, the protests you know and and saying see I, I read a I read a, a a post on Facebook from from somebody that's like and see and then there they go tearing up shit and looting and you know and they always cry about this and they always cry about that you know and it took everything I had to to I didn't even know the guy but he was a friend of a friend and and I just I just wanted to I wanted to shake you know like dude you don't get it I, you don't get it, you're an asshole. So
1: um it makes them others, it keeps it an arm's distance away to, to yeah, either yeah. dehumanize or make them not like me.
4: <laughs> so so yeah, so just acknowledging acknowledging it, educating yourselves on on what our experiences are, you know, and and uh, I, I think you can start there and and then continue to have the dialogue and you know, I, I I don't know the complete answer, but, but I, I think that's a that would be a pretty good start. You know, learn learn from our experiences. You know, and and uh, um, you know, don't be dismissive. Oh, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Yeah, bullshit. It happens. happens.
1: It happens. It happens here, people. I mean, now we have somebody who's. Right here in our community that has these experiences and knows other people of color that have these experiences. Mm-hmm. We like to again keep it at an arm's distance and say, well, that happens in different states. It only happens to some people, or it's not everybody. But this is it's it's a it's an issue that every most people of color, every black person I know can share is an issue mm-hmm. like this.
4: And it's sad that every black person you know can can share something like that. That's really sad, you know. It's incredibly sad. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I'm, I'm interested in hearing, because every black person I know share these experiences, how do you feel raising your son, you know, like the world that we live in today? It
4: I don't want him to hear. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it scares the shit out of me. It absolutely scares the shit out of me because, you know, my my job right now is I'm, I'm 100% responsible for his safety and his well-being. And all I can do is try to educate him on, uh, on how, how to have the awareness about him as he grows up and then as he eventually gets out on his own. And when when I have to cut that cord, you know, and he's on his own and he's making his own decisions, and, you know, I, I can only hope and pray that I've, and his mother, have instilled enough sense in him so that he makes the right decisions he doesn't uh get mixed up with the wrong crowd you know i i I try to convince him all the time like look your friends are great you've got you've got wonderful friends man and i said but you've always got to have the awareness that if things go down with you and your friends chances are you're going to get targeted Okay. And I said, you need to understand that. You, you just, that's just, that's just how it is. So when he gets to a point where he's out on his own and making, making his own decisions, you know, I can only hope that, that, I, you know, I've done a good enough job and, um, and he has the awareness about him to, to make good decisions uh, with his friends, where he goes, who he deals with you know, and those kind of things. Thinking back on it, when I moved to Baton Rouge from Saginaw, I think it must have scared the crap out of my parents. I, I just feel like it, it because I, I, I can't imagine my, my, my daughter or my son moving to another state, right? You know, when, in, in Victoria, she'll be 18 in a couple of years. And and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if she's like, peace. I'm out of here. Scares the crap out of me. It, it really does. And you know, I, I again just hope that that they make right the right decisions and
1: they uh, connect with the right people. It's heartbreaking to have to hear, buddy. That sucks. I'm sorry. It's heartbreaking to have to hear that you're terrified of the world that your son is growing up in. That's incredibly sad. Yeah. I, I hope it
4: changes. I really do. I hope it changes. Um but like I said, the best thing I can do is to educate him and and prepare him as best I can, just like my father and my mother, you know, they prepared and educated me.
1: And uh, you know, it's just, it's just what we gotta do. It's what we gotta do, man. Mm-hmm. We're getting to the end of our time and I don't take any more of your time. But <Yeah> big plans uh uh, my friend but i want to give you the opportunity to put a big old bow on this thing you know what are some what are the thoughts or the take-home message that you would like to leave for people really just just what i talked about earlier you know um you know
4: educate yourselves you know acknowledge the acknowledge the problem educate yourselves and you know you don't have to you know i uh, I've had a couple of people come up to me and apologize. You know, I'm like, I, I, I don't need that. You know, you don't need to apologize to me. Okay, you know, but but just uh, you know, acknowledge that, yeah, there's a problem. And, and you know, if you want to, you know, do something to, to help fix it, well, let's talk about it. And maybe, you know, maybe we can do something together to help fix the problem, you know? Um, Uh, Again, I don't know what the complete answer is. Uh, I don't think anybody does, but uh, I know that there's a lot of smart people in this world. There's a lot of good people. And I I am convinced that the majority of people are good, you know, and, and, you know, but you treat, you treat people with kindness. You treat them with respect. You treat people the way that you would want to be treated. Uh, I, I think we'd be. You'd be okay. Don't be dismissive. You know, and that that's what I don't don't just oh that's just another that's just another black person complaining about, you know, whatever. But uh that's
1: that's that's really about it. It's, I know earth shattering.
3: <laughs> oh, it's simple but it's important.
1: I was really hoping you were gonna say the solution to this whole problem was getting you on our podcast. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: Well, see, I'm, I'm hoping oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> so I should have said, see, I'm not as quick as you, man.
2: <laughs> 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 That's a good thing sometimes, Tony.
4: <laughs> yeah, I
1: put my mom a lot. Like I said, I'll, I'll edit out record what I said to them for sure. Well, buddy, yeah. um, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on and talking about your experiences in CrossFit. As a father and as a black person in CrossFit and in all that's going on right now, yeah. man, well, I hope. Thank you for I, having me. My hope is that this reaches, it just can reach one person and shine a light and help explain to somebody that this is going on. This is a real thing and this is here and we need to take this seriously and get this to the powers that be that can affect change. Then right. I think we've done our job. Um, I'm privileged i the first the first podcast i've ever been nervous about. all will be, I'll be really? I, yeah i got out of the shower and i was and i was like i don't know if i was shaking after three and a half miles or whatever we did today but i was like i was like i don't i this is i think this is important i don't want to screw this up i think you be okay yeah. Not Not of our, no. none of
3: our other podcasts were important we finally yeah learned. No.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nobody said no. that. And
3: there. I'm glad yeah, you. Really
2: I'm know. glad you uh, said if it only reaches one person, because that's pretty much our, our listening crowd. So.
1: <laughs> well, we're gonna affect you, nope. in Saudi Arabia.
4: <laughs> yeah,
1: you know <what> <laughs> We're good. We're yeah. good. Shout out, shout out to all our Saudi Arabian yeah. listeners. I think of a good portion. Yeah. <laughs> no. But I know, and I speak for all of us when I say we are beyond privileged to have such a powerful voice on as yours and i can't thank you enough brother we love you and thank We're you so thank you, for
2: you. Uh,
1: i appreciate you guys love more you than you know uh, i You're love awesome. you guys
2: so
4: much you guys have kind of taken this old man in and uh and made him one of your own so i really appreciate all all of you guys uh, I, I love this crossfit friend yeah frostbite wow. Uh, I can't even say it. Crossfit, crossbite. That's not like Andy. To yeah. <laughs>
1: hey. Tony's drunk. Oh,
2: yeah. Now everybody <laughs> can say Tony's drunk on a podcast, not just me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And totally right. delegitimize everything you said. Up on I know,
2: post. right? But he was just
1: blacked out. Tony's going right. to wake up <laughs> tomorrow and ask me what time the podcast recording is. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, you guys are great. Bye. Right,
2: have a good night. See
1: Bye. you guys. <laughs>
0: Thank you once again, everybody, for listening to this super important episode of Talking Functional Fitness. Again, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, or any way that we can help as a measly gym and podcast, please do reach out to us. Let us know at CrossFitFrostbite.com. And if you did like this episode, make sure to, to like and subscribe. You can follow us on all the social medias and on YouTube as well. Until next time, everybody, stay frosty.